Welcome to today's episode of the What We're Watching podcast. I'm Megan. And I'm Jenny. And today we're talking about Mean Girls. Mean Girls is our second installment of the Back to School series that we're doing for September. So we're trying to like get all of our favorite high school nostalgic movies in. Obviously, Mean Girls had to be there. So spoiler alert, we're obviously going to be talking through the entire plot of Mean Girls. You can watch Mean Girls on Paramount Plus right now. Or I think you can rent it probably on a variety of different platforms. Although I'm sure if you're anything like us, it's just burned into your brain. And you probably know everything about the movie. How did you feel watching this movie again? It felt really good. I don't know. This is just one of those movies that I've seen so many times. Mm-hmm. How did you feel? It wasn't as funny as I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Not to start off as a downer. Wait, tell me why you think it wasn't funny anymore. I just was watching it. And I got like 30 minutes in and realized that I hadn't laughed out loud yet. And I don't know if that's just because I've watched it so many times that I know everything that's about to happen. That's probably more likely (laughs) to me. What did you think of it? That's kind of how I felt about Juno rewatching it. Mm. And I felt that about Mean Girls a little bit, especially when I knew the exact quote that was coming up. Yeah. It wasn't as funny as it used to be in high school. But then there were some things I forgot about that are funnier to me now, like when Principal Duval is talking about his nephew named Amferny. <laughs> yeah. And how mad he gets at his sister for naming him Amferny. Mm-hmm. That part killed me, and I never have laughed at that part ever. Maybe it's that we think the adults are funnier now, because, like, the parts <laughs> where Tina Fey, <laughs> like, when she sees Janice and Katie and Damien in, like, the body shop or wherever Janice works, and she, like, makes jokes to them and they're just dry and don't land with the kids. I was laughing really hard at those parts. So maybe that's actually what it is, that we're just catching different things. Yeah, your Nana and I have that in common. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Interesting. Well, I can definitely see that. Nevertheless, loved it. This was yet another one that my husband, Brian, he didn't even protest. I just put it on and he just came over and sat down and started watching it. So it was lovely. We both enjoyed it. There were a lot of jokes that don't work today. There was lots of slang that was like, ugh. Like there were like a handful of just like gay jokes. And they say the R word a handful of times. Like you can, it's very stamped by the early 2000s pop culture, don't you think? Yeah. And just racist stereotypes. Definitely. Especially Asian stereotypes. It felt a little strange. Mm-hmm. And with Katie being from Africa, we'll get into that. But there were some like cringe jokes about that yeah so anyway i think like overall the plot amazing cannot wait to see how they update the movie in the upcoming mean girls the movie the musical or mean girls the musical the movie no idea what it's called you know what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) well i want to step back a little bit how did you feel about mean girls growing up i loved it it was just a classic like it was a classic sleepover movie i watched it with my friends a lot I thought it was funny. It was like a very safe pick because everybody liked it, you know? Did your school talk in movie quotes? I don't really remember that. I feel like mine did all the time. It was always like, you go, Glenn Coco. Oh, true. Yes, that, yes. I will actually say people weren't quoting a lot of movies, but this was one where watching it back, I recognized how many like sayings that are just in everyday pop culture came from this movie. Like, you go, Glenn Coco. It's wild to me that a lot of things in the movie were made up, like the word fetch is made up. Tina Fey didn't want to use anything that would be outdated, so she came up with fetch. (laughs) Fetch happened. (laughs) (laughs) At least kind of, in an ironic way. Mm -hmm. This, like, really funny part is coming to mind. 
which like going back to what we think was what we thought was funny this time and i I'm trying to remember the quote. It's when Damien goes into the girl's bathroom. Oh, my God, Danny DeVito, I love your work. Yeah. That's my favorite line of the entire movie. <laughs> I had never caught that line before. <laughs> and then this time, that one did make me laugh really hard. Oh, that's such a good one. Okay, so as always, just a quick little sentence or two synopsis of the movie. After being homeschooled abroad, new student Katie gets a crash course in high school life when a popular clique of girls invites her to sit with them. The Plastics. So this movie was written by Tina Fey. I just love Tina Fey. Yeah, me too. I think in high school I went through this like really big phase where I wanted to be an SNL writer, Mm. but I never did the work or the research or anything (laughs) to figure out what it actually took to become an SNL writer. Mm -hmm. I just liked the idea of it. So if people would ask me what I wanted to be when I grew up, I was like, I want to write for SNL. So I was in this big Tina Fey, Amy Poehler phase Being a, like, pop culture girly, I love when I learn that people are friends in real life and then see them work on stuff together because it just feels like you know the behind the scenes, even though you don't. But I loved seeing Amy Poehler and Tina Fey in this movie. Same. I don't think I realized this, but in researching, this movie takes place in Chicago. I think actually in Evanston, like, suburb of Chicago, which is where Tina Fey grew up. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. But I also learned that they mostly shot it in Toronto. I think everything is shot in Toronto. Mm -hmm. Like anything that's East Coast, Northeast. Yeah, I feel like Toronto, Vancouver, Atlanta. Yeah. LA. I guess New York. Those feel like the hotspots of where a lot of things are filmed now. This movie was based on the book Queen Bees and Wannabes. Which I never knew. I had heard that before, but I actually just assumed it was like a fiction novel. It was a nonfiction guide for moms to help their daughters who were dealing with cliques. (laughs) (laughs) My God, it's giving. What is the American Girl, My Body and Me book or something? (laughs) Oh, I loved that book. Me too. The Care and Keeping of You. That's what it was. (laughs) The Care and Keeping of You. So yeah, Tina Fey had this. I mean, it's based on a book but she basically made the whole story up wow i had no idea what a like comedic mind where you're you hear about this book that's like a serious guide for parents and you're like how can i turn this into just a hilarious comedy movie like making fun of it basically yeah i'm so curious if she had that idea if she like saw the book and then had the idea or if it was more of like a somebody bought the rights to it or something and said hey can you make this movie And then Mm. she was like, sure. And then she realized it was nonfiction and was like, crap. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. The book was written by Rosalind Wiseman. And actually in March of this year, 2023, she came out saying she's considering taking legal action against Paramount over a lack of compensation. Huh. I believe she was paid a certain amount, but then there was something about Paramount saying it didn't make any money, it didn't make a profit, which is a fat lie. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> For all the Paramount execs listening. <laughs> yeah, and now it's spun out into a musical and this just giant cult classic, so she feels like she deserves more compensation. Fair enough. Fair, though her book was nonfiction, so, like, it's not her story, but it is her, like, research, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's tricky. This must happen a lot because I know that we've learned in some of our our classes with writers and producers that people now are buying the rights even to like news stories. Yeah. And so like similarly, that is nonfiction. 
and is a snippet of what ends up getting used. And then there is a creative or a writer or a group of writers that then turn it into the fictional success that it is. So I wonder how you like draw the line there. This must be like a conversation that happens a lot in Hollywood now, I imagine. Yeah, I think so. And I'm sure some people are afraid of speaking up because they don't want to be blacklisted. For sure. And like when you sell the rights to the idea, nobody knows how successful it's going to be. So then if it ends up being a huge success, how do you retroactively? I don't know how like those deals are made. So I would be curious to know. I don't know. It's like like something in the original contract probably needs to protect you a little more in case it goes huge. Mm -hmm. Like I imagine that actors and actresses have a similar deal where they I have no idea if this is true, but I'm imagining they get told they're going to be paid a certain amount. And then depending on how the movie does, they get paid more for it being a success. So you would think buying the rights to a story or a nonfiction work like this would work similarly. But maybe not. I have no idea. Hmm. Should we move on to talking about the cast? This is a stacked cast. Yeah. Starting with the one and only Lindsay Lohan. Wow. <laughs> Okay, I did not know she was only 18 in this movie. No, me either. That's young. But she had been working for a long time. She did The Parent Trap, and she's a really talented actor. I kind of forgot. I haven't, like, seen her in anything for a long time, but it really made me want to watch The Parent Trap. Did you see that Christmas movie that came out last year with her? Her, like, return to acting? Actually, no. It was really not that great. (laughs) (laughs) Falling for Christmas? I think that might be the name. Mm -hmm. I pulled that out of nowhere, so no idea. But I loved seeing her in it. She was cute in it. Yeah, maybe she'll do more stuff. I don't know. And so because she was 18, were the other stars older? Like Rachel McAdams looked like she was maybe older. She was 26. Wow. So yeah, all of the cast, they were all older. And Lindsay Lohan was still taking classes. However, she was doing that at the time. And she says now that looking back on it, she actually kind of liked that because she got to spend less time in hair and makeup. (laughs) This was a big contrast for me compared to last week when we were, were talking about Juno because we mentioned in the Juno episode how young those kids seemed. Like they really seemed like they were 16, whereas I think Lindsay Lohan is supposed to be a junior. Maybe all of them are supposed to be juniors in this episode, which is like 16, 17, and they seem way older. So it's just funny, the comparison between the two and like the age of like how the cast seemed. Yeah, it's weird watching these high school movies and then being like, wait, I'm sorry, you're supposed to be 16. Like, I did not act like that at all. (laughs) No, (laughs) no. Something that was funny that I thought about um, with Rachel McAdams in this movie, because to me and everything else, she's so lovable. She's like the most adorable love interest that you just like love to love, in my opinion. She's like one of my favorite female leads especially like of this time of the like 2000s, 2010s movies. And I saw a TikTok this week talking about Malin Ackerman, who plays Tess, the sister in 27 Dresses, and how she always looks at her like a mean girl now because like she just can't shake that character. And this would have been one of Rachel McAdams' earlier things. And I don't think that she got that label at all, which is interesting that she just stayed this like endearing, adorable person despite playing this horrific, like, villain in this girl's movie. I wonder if the hair helped, because I, I've i never seen her with that, like, straight, long, blonde hair in real life. Yep, that's fair. She has a totally different appearance in this movie. Yeah. And wasn't she in The Notebook, like, right around this time? Mm, probably. It was probably a similar time. And Wedding Crashers. Mm-hmm. I think this was all in the same year or a couple of years. Yep, that's a really good point, and probably 
is partially the appearance. I was trying to think if there are any other people that played like mean girls or played villains that have just like never been able to shake that. Can you think of any? I'm trying to think of some really terrible villains in movies and I can't <laughs> think of any. I almost think Maddie from Euphoria is going to be a little bit like that for me. Oh, really? Yeah. Not even that she's a horrible villain, but just that I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to see her as anything but like the high school mean girl. Oh, I know one. Mm. The mean girl in 13 going on 30. Oh my gosh, yeah. And she's in so many other things. Like she has a really funny role in Arrested Development, which is so the opposite of her character Mm -hmm. in 13 going on 30. But still, she is the mean girl from 13 going on 30 to Mm me. Yeah, I could totally see that. Lacey Chabert, who -hmm. plays Gretchen Wieners. Have you seen her in anything lately? No. Okay, because I have. <laughs> okay, what? Megan and I took a Hallmark screenwriting class where we learned everything about how Hallmark movies are made. And I went through this phase where I just started watching a lot of Hallmark movies for, quote, research. <laughs> <laughs> and who do I see on, like, every Hallmark movie cover but Lacey Chabert? Huh. Oh, interesting. She's a great actress. I was watching her in this, and she's so fun to watch, and I was wondering, like, what happened to her? Look, she must just get paid a lot to do it. She's really popular with the Hallmark movies. I think they only take, like, two weeks to film, usually. They're probably not that intense of an acting job, and then you're done, and you make a lot of money. Good for her. Actually, one of the Hallmark movies that I watched with her in it was the best one that I had seen, so... Cool. Props. All right. Gretchen Wieners. Catch her on the Hallmark Channel. (laughs) Okay, Amanda Seyfried. Love. Oh my gosh, she is so great. She is. She is one of my favorite actors, I think. This was her first big role. I don't know if she originally wanted to be Regina. I think everybody wanted to be Regina. That's what I heard. Mm -hmm. But she just did Karen so well. Yeah. Watching back, Karen might have been my favorite character. She was the one that made me laugh the most, I think. And I'm surprised she wasn't typecast after that. Mm-hmm. Or she didn't accept any roles that typecast her, at least. Yeah. Yeah, she's done a lot of really different stuff. She was Snow White in one of the many Snow White remakes, I'm pretty sure. She was Elizabeth Holmes, which was a wildly different role for her. She was in Mamma Mia with Meryl Streep. Jennifer's Body. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it seems like she is one of the people that came out of this with one of the bigger careers, I think. And I heard a rumor, I don't know if it's true, that Blake Lively was almost Karen. I've heard that too. Can you imagine? No, I think Amanda Seyfried was so perfect. It had to be her. Blake Lively gives more like Regina vibes to me. I think she would be good at that. Definitely. Okay, Lizzie Kaplan, aka Janice Ian. Have you seen Lizzie Kaplan in anything else? It's so hard because she's got such a unique look in Mean Girls that I don't know if I would recognize her in other things. Mm, I just watched something with her in it, and she was so incredible. And like half of the show, it's, it's called Fleischman is in Trouble. It's an incredible show. If you guys are looking for like a mini series, it's really good. It has Jesse Eisenberg as like the other star. Oh. And Lizzie Kaplan, and she's the narrator of the whole show also, and she's a big character. And her voice is just so good. And I got like halfway through the show before I realized it was Janice. (laughs) I probably scared Brian because I'm sure we were just sitting on the couch and I was like, that's Janice Ian. And I'm sure he was just like, what the fuck are you talking about? But yeah, she's so funny and I highly recommend the show if you if anybody wants another dose of that actress. What about Damien? Oh, Damien. He's played by Danny Franzese. 
And I watched last year the most beautiful video with him in it. It was an interview. Have you seen on YouTube? I think the channel is called Style Like You and it's where like celebrities and normal people too will get vulnerable in front of the camera and they'll start like taking off articles of clothing as they're talking. Oh no. He was on it and he was just speaking his truth and it was just really beautiful. I think I cried. He is gay in real life. Mm -hmm. He says that he came out of the closet professionally in 2014, but this movie was made in 2004. Right. And he loved Damien's character because the character was allowed to breathe, like he wasn't bullied for being who he was. And in the script, he was described as probably fat, but definitely gay. Mm. And Danny loved it because he was just so happy to see that represented in the script. Mm. He is actually very religious. Mm. He went through conversion therapy. Wow. Prior to the movie Bully, which he did in 2001. He's still religious today, but he acknowledges that it wasn't healthy how he threw himself into religion the way he did. Mm. Wow. So this movie was post-conversion therapy. Yes. Mm. And he was terrified of like the ramifications that coming out would have on his career. So he just never said anything. And I don't think he accepted it himself fully either around other people. And then it was the 10-year anniversary of Mean Girls. Danny got a letter from someone that said... I don't know if you're gay or not, but it doesn't matter. When I was in eighth grade, I was tortured for being a sissy and beat up for being chubby. And then your movie came out. And on the first day of freshman year, these popular girls came up to me and said, you're like Damien, come sit with us. Thank you so much for giving me something that I could point to in media and say, that's me. I feel comfortable in my own skin. So Danny came out writing about that letter. Wow. That's what inspired him to finally do it publicly. And you can actually read his coming out letter on IndieWire. Oh. Danny just acknowledges and knows that his visibility matters in this movie and it gives other people the permission to be themselves. That is so amazing. That makes me want to cry. <laughs> I highly recommend watching the video. Maybe we can link it in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. I love that we're kind of in this era and we talked about this with Elliot Page too, where a lot of the people that we grew up watching may not have felt comfortable to come out or, you know, speak about their truth at the time, but they do now that we're all adults. And as much as there's so much room for improvement when it comes to representation of all kinds in TV and movies today, it I love how far we've been able to see it come just from when we've been in high school, just from 10, 20 years ago to now. It's just really nice. Yeah, you can like look at it and be like, oh, it's been 20 years. And in that 20 years, so many actors have felt like they can start being themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's so important. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's um, I feel like we talk about this every episode, just how important representation is. Because it just is true, and I think hearing specific examples like that are really cool. And I did have that thought watching the movie where I was like, wow, it is cool that, like, it might lean a little heavy into the gay best friend stereotype. A hundred percent. However, <laughs> I loved that they had it, and I loved that Janice ends up with a guy in the movie, but you get the impression that she could be a lesbian, could be experimenting, could be bisexual, we don't know. And I just like that they represented different types of people and that they were Katie's first friends and they were always like kind to her. I think it's cool that they did that, mm-hmm. especially for the early 2000s. I think that's something you would see very normally today, which is great. 
but this was one of the first examples of that that I saw. Yeah, totally. All right, switching gears. <laughs> I do have a quick fun fact before we move into the recap about Aaron Samuels, our boy Aaron Samuels, okay. who also I don't know if I've seen him again. But originally, James Franco was supposed to play Aaron Samuels. What? Yeah, that was a rumor apparently for a long time that he was cast and then he got fired. And then it was kind of dismissed by a few people like, no, 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 Jonathan, Jonathan Bennett was going to play him. And then Tina Fey said in an interview at some point, because Jonathan Bennett had been quoted saying, yeah, I was hired really last minute. So I think somebody like must have dropped out or they had a switch. And Tina Fey's response to that was, yeah, someone got fired. And then there had previously been all these rumors about that being James Franco. So I assume that's true. Knowing what I know about James Franco now, not surprised. Yeah. I have a whole lot of beef with him because of Anne Hathaway. Oh. Yes. But we don't have to get into that here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can't wait to hear. We'll talk about that after. Um, Anyway, I loved Jonathan Bennett in this, though. I think he was such a good Aaron Samuels. I love that he wasn't a known character. So that we could kind of just like project onto him because especially he seemed like for the most part, like a nice guy. Yeah. As opposed to, I think James Franco would have made him a little more douchey Mm -hmm. and I'm happy that he wasn't. Yeah. He was very down to earth. Loves his mom. Yeah. Actually in the script, loved his mom even more. Like there was a running gag that I guess Katie went over to his house to get tutored by him. And he had to help his mom with laundry and was like touching her underwear. And then like later on, Katie is like, I like that you touch your mom's underwear or something like that. (laughs) I probably butchered that, but yeah. Uh, That's funny. So we start the movie with Katie's first day of school ever because we find out she was homeschooled in Africa. Her parents are both, I think, academics. They're research zoologists, I think. Okay, yeah. And so she had been living in Africa for, I think, her whole life or most of her life. And then they just moved to America and she was going to high school for the first time ever. And I don't remember in the movie, I don't think they ever call out where in Africa Mm -mm. she was from. It was just this ambiguous, oh yeah, she's from Africa, which great, but like (laughs) Africa has a lot of countries. Yeah. In the script, she was from Namibia. Mm. I love how Katie's parents are like prepping her for school. Like she's a little kid. It's so cute. And then she almost gets hit by a bus, which will be something that comes up many times later. Mm -hmm, Foreshadowing. There's a couple of um, distasteful jokes in the beginning of the movie about her growing up in Africa, such as Gretchen saying, but you're white or something, right? Isn't that what she says? Oh, Karen. Oh, Karen. Karen says, so if you're from Africa, why are you white? Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, and that really, really set the tone for me of like, oh, we were like deep in early 2000s humor. (laughs) I remember that being such a popular quote, though. Yeah, it was hilarious at the time. Okay, so we see Katie's first experience in Homeroom with Miss Norbury, a.k.a. Tina Fey, and Principal Duvall, played by Tim Meadows, which, by the way, the two of them are the two people that are coming back for... Mean Girls, the musical, the movie. Yeah, and I believe Tim Meadows was also in Mean Girls 2. I think he was the only person who came to Mean Girls 2. I could be so wrong. Miss mm. Norbury like shows up late to class, and then Katie bumps into her, and she spills coffee all over her shirt. And then she <laughs> takes off her sweater, but her shirt underneath is stuck to the sweater. And mm-hmm. so then she's like showing her bra, and then Mr. Duvall comes in. And it's just so awkward. Mm -hmm. This would never happen in real life, ever. 
but I still like that scene. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really good, just like explosion of chaos to like demonstrate Katie's intro to school. Like she gets called Caddy. She runs into the teacher. The principal's coming in. Miss Norbury's shirt is off. It's just like chaos in the first like 30 seconds. Katie's getting in trouble in like all of her classes because she just doesn't know the rules of school. Like not asking for a restroom pass and just getting up and going to the restroom. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'm not used to adults not trusting me. I think we see Katie go through kind of a regression in the movie. Like she starts off naive, yes, but also seemingly pretty confident and mature and great with adults. And I bet that's common for high school or for homeschooled kids because they're with their parents all day. And then we see her kind of get introduced to quote girl world and like a lot of that maturity and sense of self kind of goes away, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think she really knows who she is anymore because there are all these rules that she just like didn't know Mm -hmm. were a thing and they're not like actual rules, but like how in girl world girls have to do the fighting a little more sneakily. Totally. It's interesting. Yeah. She has a terrible day. She eats her lunch in the bathroom. Yeah. Which I would never do. I'm sorry. I would Mm -hmm. rather sit by myself than sit in a bathroom stall and eat. Why is that such a trope? (laughs) I don't know. Because kids are embarrassed. You know me. We've talked about this in multiple episodes. I just have such a soft spot for embarrassed people. (laughs) So the previous day at school, Janice and Damien had kind of been telling Katie where not to sit. Like, oh, this guy farts. Don't sit there. Or so-and-so sits there and makes out with her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And then the second day is when they kind of start taking Katie under their wing. And they start being a little nicer to her. And Janice introduces Damien as too gay to function, Mm -hmm. which is really important for later in the movie. And then some guy says, nice wig, Janice. What's it made of? And she goes, your mom's chest hair. (laughs) (laughs) I love Janice. In the script, she says, your mom's pubic hair. Oh, no. <laughs> I like chest hair better. I think it's funnier. I do too. I think it's more unique. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why that line is so like quotable now because it's so random. Because mm-hmm. it's not correct, but she says it with such like oomph. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like doesn't even skip a beat. No. It's perfect. Janice and Damien tell her that they are going to show her where her next class is because it's in the back building. And they take her to the lawn, basically. She's like, won't we get in trouble? And they're like, we're your friends. Why would we get you in trouble? And she just clings to them being her friends Mm -hmm. after the horrible day that she had the day before. It just reminded me in high school, like, you're just so not a fully formed human yet. You just do not have a frontal lobe. You know, like, (laughs) people say things and you are just, or I at least was so easily like influenced and affected by other people and you totally see Katie do that of just be like okay it's gonna be fine I'm not gonna get in trouble and as a rule follower as I'm sure you were too like I have been in those scenarios where the insides of me are just screaming to like be good (laughs) and do the thing that you're supposed to be doing but then a lot of kids in high school don't so you want to be cool and you want to go with the crowd so I thought that was just a relatable moment for everyone yeah totally and then she meets the plastics Yeah, they're in gym class. We see them in the wild for the first time. We learn that Karen is not very bright and asked Damien once how to spell orange. (laughs) Yeah. We learn that Gretchen's dad is the inventor of toaster strudel. And then we see Regina being carried by a bunch of boys and we learn she's the queen bee. Mm -hmm. One thing interesting to note, I was 
reading up on some information from the costume designer, she very purposely put Regina in the most conservative gym outfit of the three girls to show that Regina didn't need to like dress a certain way to be the queen bee. It was just like she just was. She just had the power anyway. She wasn't trying to like use her hotness. Yeah, you definitely get that perception throughout the movie that Regina is just in charge and she's probably always going to be that way in every situation she's ever in. And it's not even because she's hot. It's because she's likes to be in charge, you know? Yeah. I love the cafeteria scene. This was like my favorite scene as a kid, I think, or like in high school watching it because I loved seeing all the different little cliques sitting together. I thought it was cute. And then having Janice and Damien like point out all the different groups in high school. I think I watched this before I was in high school. And so it was just like, ooh, there's so many different clubs and groups and stuff. <laughs> so innocent. Yeah. <laughs> when, like, this is the, probably the part of the movie that didn't age well. For sure. But did you have cliques like this? Like, did your cafeteria look like this at all? No. I mean, we had friend groups, and there certainly were cliques. Like, there were kids that partied more, and then there were the kids in theater. But there was a lot of overlap, honestly. Like... I did theater and then I also was a cheerleader and a diver and there were a lot of people that like did different sports and were in different classes. So from my perspective, no, it was definitely not this clicky. How about you? I can't remember. Mm -hmm. I have no idea. It probably was a little bit. Locked out high school from your memory. Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, this definitely like takes the the high school stereotypes and just like amps it up. Mm Mm-hmm. And Jason comes up to her, and this is so gross, but also so classic high school boy. Like, embarrassing a girl to get her attention. It's so gross. Yeah, and he goes, is your muffin buttered? Would you like to assign someone to butter your muffin? Mm -hmm. And Katie's like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Actually, another thing that was just completely different in the script, it was, is your cherry popped? Oh, yeah makes sense yeah and then regina stands up for her in a weird moment of being nice to other girls is she being nice or is it like self-interest i don't know i don't know either way regina asks her to sit down at their table which is a big deal yes she goes oh my gosh i love your bracelet where did you get it and she says her mom made it for her or something like that and then Gretchen says, very, very iconic line. That's so fetch. Some British slang that she's trying to make happen. And Katie learns about all the rules of the girl world, or I guess really the rules of the plastics. On Wednesdays, they wear pink. Mm -hmm. Funnily enough, in the script, it's Tuesdays. Really? Does that just throw you off? Yeah. It's on Tuesdays we wear pink. Huh, no, I like Wednesdays better. I do too. (laughs) Well, Wednesdays are our day. Yeah, true. (laughs) So Katie, even though she got asked to have lunch with the plastics, she definitely already has this loyalty, even though it's only a day, to Janice and Damien. And Janice is immediately also assuming this loyalty and is just like, this is perfect. You can spy on them and tell us all the mean stuff they do, which is like so high school, of course. And that kind of sets the scene for the rest of the movie and how it plays out. And then Katie meets Aaron Samuels. Yes, he's a senior because she's taking a 12th grade math class because she's really good at math. And she says that she's only had one other crush, but this one hit her like a yellow school bus. 
I didn't even catch that. I'm like, I don't remember if that's, maybe that's from the script, but either way. Either way, they're definitely like, you can tell, seeding the Mm -hmm. ending. And very quickly, actually, when she's hanging out with the plastics, I think it's maybe that afternoon or the next day, she tells them that she has a crush on Aaron Samuels. And it's because Gretchen and Karen are hanging out with her and they ask if she has a crush. And as soon as she says it, she's like very much introduced to the next rule, which is no, 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 no. You are not allowed to like Aaron Samuels because Regina dated him for a year. Which is a long time in high school. We have talked about that before. Yeah. Katie is like, well, I can still look at Aaron Samuels. And talk to him. <laughs> and get his help with math. Which we find out she's really, really good at math really quickly. And she gets asked to join the mathletes, um, which is also kind of like a funny ongoing thing. Her and the, the like leader guy of the mathletes. Yeah, Kevin Napore, his business card that he hands to her, which first of all, hilarious that he has a business card. Mm-hmm. Second of all, it says math enthusiast slash badass MC. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I thought, I thought it was so funny. Yeah. And this whole day, it's Wednesday. Katie doesn't have a pink shirt, so she's actually wearing Damien's pink shirt. And she goes to the mall with the plastics. We get the get in, loser, we're going shopping iconic line. Yes. And then afterwards, they go to Regina's house. Mm-hmm. And this scene is also iconic to me when they walk in and Regina's little sister is dancing to My Milkshake Brings All the Boys to the Yard. <laughs> <laughs> and Amy Poehler is her mom. Yes, which apparently Amy Poehler is only seven years older than... Rachel McAdams. Really? Yes. Wow. And that's the same age difference. Actually, that's an even smaller age difference between Rachel McAdams and Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. That's wild. (laughs) I didn't notice. They did a good job with costuming or makeup or whatever they did. It looked fine. Totally. And the girls immediately, when they get to Regina's house, start looking in the mirror and saying all the things that they hate about their bodies, which I hated. That was so gross. And I do at least appreciate that we have Katie's perspective to be like, this is weird. Because it is weird. Yeah, but did you ever do that to yourself? Mentally, at least? Oh, I still do it mentally. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I like that they included it. Mm -hmm. And I like that Katie's just like, I have really bad breath in the morning. And I love it. Then they're like, ew. (laughs) (laughs) As if that's not totally normal. (laughs) And then we learn about the burn book. Which is basically a scrapbook where they write down horrible things about the other girls in school with their pictures. There's a photo of Janice in the back of the book and it just says Janice Ian and then the D word, the D-Y-K-E word. And then there's also a picture of Damien like right next to her and Katie accidentally slips up and says, yeah, he's too gay to function. And then they're like, that's great. Put it in there. And Mm -hmm. she's like, oh, no, maybe that's only okay when Janice says it. I think that's a lesson all of us go through. I feel like I at least did where something is an inside joke with someone and then you're in another friend group and you say something and you just immediately know you shouldn't have said it because it just is an inside joke or it's something that's okay for someone who's close to that person to say, but not for someone else to say, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's just like relatable. And I feel like people that happens with their families where (laughs) like, I feel like John Mulaney has this in one of his standups where some, someone will say something about his mom and he's like, Hey, that's my mommy. <laughs> but it's the same thing he just said about his mom. You know, we're just like, nobody else gets to say that but me. And I thought that was a really good depiction of that. Yeah. Later on, Katie has her first three-way call attack. 
because Regina calls her and tells her that she knows she has a crush on Aaron Samuels. I'm like, that's fine, but, you know, he only cares about his friends and his mom and school. Yeah, this is another example of, like, Katie regressing to fit in because she's very much just like, no, I'm not mad at Gretchen and those don't sound like bad qualities about Aaron. Like, should I be mad? And then Gretchen's on the other line once Katie's just like, yeah, I guess she is being a bitch for that or whatever. She, like, repeats back what Regina already said about Gretchen. And we find out Gretchen's on the other line. And that was so mean. Did you ever do that? I never did no. that. No. No, I never did that. I don't even think I had enough friends to do a three-way call with. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember ever having three-way calls. Maybe that was a little bit before our time. Maybe. It's very Lizzie McGuire to me. True. Yeah, true. We almost get, like, a montage to, like, speed time up between the beginning of the school year until Halloween. And... We get the iconic line of Katie's, like, voiceover saying, and I, I got to talk to Aaron more. And then you see Aaron Samuel say, what day is it? <laughs> Katie say, it's October 3rd. And that's all. <laughs> that's what she meant by they're talking more. And still every October 3rd, I'm like, on October 3rd, he asked me what day it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mean Girls Day. And then he invites her to a Halloween party. And she says gruel because she's trying to say great and cool. And she goes as a, an ex-wife of Frankenstein, I think. Or just a ex-wife. ex-wife. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to the Halloween party. Mm-hmm. She's so scary. And then she just didn't get the memo that girls dress cute on this day. Yeah. Speaking of Halloween costumes, I actually had a Mean Girls themed Halloween costume my senior year of high school. Oh my gosh. And I'm going to show it to you, and then we can either post it on our Instagram later or just explain it to you right now. Okay, I can't wait. Is this about to be the zombie ex-wife? Say yes. <laughs> is, that your, is that your guess? Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is so cute. Aww. Okay, do you want to describe it for the listener? So I was the burn book for Halloween. I cut up a big neon pink poster board and I strung it with some string and I decorated it like the burn book. Wore a white t-shirt and jeans or after school I wore a white t-shirt and like shorts and pink tights. Pink converse. Wow. That's very creative. I thought I was really cool. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Katie Heron because she has red hair. (laughs) I don't even know how you would dress like her. No, it would just be a regular outfit. But yes, those are the good memories. So earlier on the phone, Regina said that she could talk to Aaron for Katie. Mm-hmm. And Katie's like, okay, but like nothing embarrassing, right? And Regina's like, right. Just dread, by the way, as the audience, as soon as she, as soon as Katie's like, yeah, that would be so nice. Nothing embarrassing though, right? I'm like, oh no. Definitely something embarrassing, Katie. At the party, Regina is like, Katie has like this crush on you. It's really big and... She writes your name all over her notebooks. She, like, starts to explain that Katie has a crush, and you can tell he's interested. Yeah. And he's like, oh, really? And then Regina's like, yeah, but she tells everyone, and she used one of your Kleenexes in a weird ritual to try to get you to like her back and just, like, makes it embarrassing. Yeah. And then they kiss. <sighs> and then this sends Katie over the edge. She realizes, oh, Regina's a main girl. Yep. So she goes to Janice and Damien to make a plan. Take down the evil dictator. Yes, you have to cut off her resources. And her resources are Aaron Samuels, her hot body, and her army of skanks. Mm -hmm. 
So they start doing all of these things to try and sabotage Regina. They put foot cream in her face lotion. Mm -hmm. It doesn't do anything but make Aaron really like the smell of her face. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's unfortunate. Janice cuts holes in her shirt after gym class. And then everyone else starts cutting little boob holes in their shirt, too, to be just like Regina, so it totally backfires. Can you imagine having that confidence as a high schooler? No. No. I actually, watching it, I was like, this is the most unrealistic part of the entire movie, I think. Oh, all the girls would get in so much trouble. Oh, yeah. It would take a very special girl, and probably not the most popular girl in school, to just put the shirt on and then walk down the hallway and go, hmm. Just, like, <laughs> walk away like nothing happened. So nothing's working. And Regina catches Katie talking to Janice, and she's like, what are you doing talking to Janice Ian? And Katie just makes something up. She's like, oh, she's just, like, talking about crack. And Regina told her the whole story of how they used to be friends in middle school. Which kind of starts to, I think, click with Katie why Janice hates Regina so much, that they used to be really good friends, and now they don't talk. Yeah, and the reason why they don't talk is just so terrible. Mm -hmm. If I had a friend who was just completely involved in their boyfriend and was ditching me all the time and like not answering my calls and stuff Mm -hmm. and then they were like why are you so obsessed with me are you a lesbian i'd be like what the heck yeah so rude and And just like so self-involved yeah yeah bad friend move and basically she stops being her friend because she thinks she's a lesbian Mm -hmm. and so she can't invite her to her birthday party anymore it's gonna be a pool party which is just like such a heinous lesbian stereotype i feel like of being like predatory. Maybe yeah. this is just like a gay stereotype. It's so gross and so annoying. And like, it just makes me hate her even more. <laughs> it's like, even if she was, why do you think she'd be attracted to you? Right. Poor little baby Janice. So then Janice comes back the next school year and is just a completely different person. Mm-hmm. And then Regina compliments this girl's skirt. And she says the same thing she said to Katie. She's like, oh my gosh, that's so cute. Where'd you get it? And then afterward, she's like, that's the ugliest effing skirt I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And Katie has this realization about the fact that Regina was making fun of her with her bracelet. Yeah. And she never wears the bracelet again. And you kind of realize Katie kind of more and more is understanding that Regina is mean. Like, it's just like continuing to unravel. And so one of the things that we see her do to attack number three on the list, which is Regina's army of skanks, is get to Gretchen Wieners. Because as I think Janice says... If you can crack Gretchen Wieners, you can crack Regina's secrets. And so what they do to do that is between Katie and Damien, they send Katie and probably Karen basically fake candy canes from Regina with a really sweet note on it. And they don't send any to Gretchen Wieners so that Gretchen thinks she's being left out by Regina. And none for Gretchen Wieners. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) So you can see the group is kind of starting to fall apart. And this is actually what ends up bringing Katie closer to Gretchen and Karen because she's trying to like get information from them about Regina and is pushing Regina out of the group a little bit. They have their winter talent show, iconic part of the movie. The Jingle Bell Rock Dance. <laughs> their music goes out, so Katie saves the day by singing and Aaron Samuels jumps in and helps her sing and then everybody else starts singing And then afterwards, they're like, wow, that was the best we've ever done. Also, I don't know how I forgot this, but it's Janice Ian's original choreography for the Jingle Bell Rock. I missed that. Yeah. Damien goes, does it bother you that they still use your original choreography? Because they've been doing this Jingle Bell Rock dance since like sixth grade. Oh, I totally missed that. Yeah. 
Janice. You know. Okay, so sort of throughout this, like, transition phase where Katie is getting closer to Gretchen and Karen, Regina and, like, the army is starting to crack a little bit. We see this, like, hilarious scene of Gretchen just losing it because she's, like, reading a paper about Caesar out loud and you can tell the paper is really about her and Regina. And she says what? Brutus is just as cute as Caesar. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite part. But basically, we should totally just stab Caesar. Yeah. You see her just lose her mind. And then Katie kind of becomes her new go-to because she's looking for, like, a bestie. And she thinks that Regina's mad at her because of all the stuff Katie's been doing. And so she tells Katie that Regina is cheating on Aaron Samuels with Shane Oman in the auditorium every week when um, Aaron thinks that she's at SAT prep. A great development for Katie's plan. One thing that's so sad about that part is we find out that Gretchen isn't allowed to wear hoops because it's Regina's thing. In one year, she got this really nice pair of hoops for Hanukkah, and then she had to pretend that she didn't like them, even though that she That did make them. me actually really sad. <laughs> So they're trying to get Aaron to come across Shane Oman and Regina together. They keep failing. But one thing that doesn't fail is Katie has these calatine bars that are really high calorie. I don't really know what the Mm -hmm. deal is with them, but they have a Swedish label and she tricks Regina into eating them. And yeah, she tells her they're going to like burn up all her carbs or something. This is, like, another thing that didn't age well is just this, like, obsession with losing three pounds. Yeah. Actually, I'm glad they didn't do this, but in the script, they also rig her scale at home Mm. so that it stays at a certain weight so she won't know that she's gaining weight. Mm. Yeah, I'm happy they didn't do that. Yeah. Yeah, just another classic early 2000s carbs are the devil message, you know? I love carbs. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Brian and I have this thing where... Whenever we eat, usually it's our favorite meals, like pizza or pasta or something, and we'll just look down and we call it a beige plate. <laughs> That's how you know it's good. <laughs> you just have a plate of carbs. It's just all beige. Like bread, mac and cheese. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so then we start to see this, like, interesting thing happening with Katie, where Katie's becoming Regina. And it's, I guess, just, like, her obsession with taking Regina down and I guess, like, how much focus she's putting into all of the ways that Regina, like, is great and why she's on top and why she has this power, I guess, just, like, makes her obsessed with it and she becomes that person. Yeah, and people are getting bored of her because all she wants to do is talk about Regina. Mm-hmm. What did you think about that? Did you feel like that's realistic? This is going to sound bad, but I'm a very obsessive person. Like, I get very fixated on whatever my current interest is. Yep. And I've never been fixated on disliking a person like this, but I could see how this could happen. She's got this greater mission that she thinks she's doing the greater good by, like, sabotaging Regina because she's a mean girl and it's consuming her. Yep. I relate to the fixating part as well. (laughs) (laughs) Our podcast? (laughs) In her, like, quote-unquote real friendship with Janice... While Katie is obsessing over Regina, Janice is like, by the way, you should come to my art show. And I think it's so sweet that Janice is, like, still trying with her, even though she can see Katie, like, becoming this person. And by the way, this would have been the second time she would have witnessed this. Because she was friends with Regina, and Regina became really mean. And it just makes me sad for Janice. That's such a good point. Mm -hmm. Mm. And she starts doing bad in math. 
And this also makes me sad. There's so many... Pulling out the soapbox. There's so many things in this movie about just, like, girls have to be dumb to be liked. Granted, they end up, like, proving all of them wrong. So I think it's actually lovely. But, like, Katie thinking that she has to be dumb for Aaron to like her. And, like, girls having to lose weight even in high school. And, like, all this shit that I'm just like, I can't believe this was so deeply normalized in the early 2000s to be in a high school girls movie granted this was also the era where like jessica simpson was like quote like the curvy icon of the world and i just am so happy that we're not there and i hope we never go back i was just gonna say that like this is when all of the magazines were like posting unflattering photos or what they deemed were unflattering photos of celebrities and being like look she's really letting herself go there's always a comment about celebrities' bodies. Mm-hmm. They did it with Lindsay Lohan after this. Mm-hmm. She was 18 years old. After this movie, like shortly after, she got really, really skinny and she was doing cocaine, allegedly. Mm. I th- actually, I think that's, I don't think that's alleged. I think that's real. Mm. And prior to her losing a lot of weight, they were making a lot of comments about how curvy she was. And, and then they like flipped and then they're like, oh, she's too skinny and... I like, can't imagine dealing with that as a young girl. No. And I also can't imagine just like being a woman growing up, especially like in our our parents' generation. I'm sure it gets better every generation, hopefully. But like just at the height of like when internet was becoming a thing and gossip magazines were huge and there are there are so many female icons of that time, like Jessica Simpson, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, J-Lo, tons and tons and tons, where they would have been so objectified in pop culture on a daily basis, and that just, like, completely dictates the beauty standards, and I feel so grateful that we just missed a lot of the, like, cocaine skinny trend, you know? Like, we came in, it is very far from perfect, so, 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 so far, but I am grateful to have seen a little bit of progress into where, like, strength is a little bit more it's just brought into the conversation a little bit more where i think it used to just be like skinny is the only acceptable option yeah and it's not that much better but i can't imagine being a generation earlier i mean just the fact that we can watch this movie and be like hmm like this didn't age well whereas when i watched this movie in high school never thought twice about it because this was just the commentary this is just how it was Mm -hmm. at the time women's bodies were just always the topic of conversation yeah This is a little bit of a side tangent, but I actually love the, like, movement that's starting to come up about body neutrality. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah, I just like the idea that, and I hope that this is where pop culture kind of moves, where, like, we just don't have to talk about it. We just don't have to label people, and I know that is empowering for some people, but to just not have to label different body types and good or bad, it just can be okay. It just can be okay. I think we're that way about a lot of personality traits. So I think it, I think that's kind of a good goal instead of this sort of also like toxic positivity girl bossery that came shortly after like this movie in like 2010s. I think neither one is probably the right answer. So yeah. Anyway, it's a good point. While Aaron is tutoring Katie, she tells him that Regina is cheating on him. And then there's this moment where Regina is just like sobbing with Gretchen and Karen She was half a virgin when she met him. (laughs) And then to cheer her up, Karen is like, we should go to Taco Bell. And Regina is like, I can't go to Taco Bell. I'm on an all-carb diet. (laughs) God, Karen, you're so stupid. (laughs) 
And she says it like stupid. Yeah. Like it's so funny. <laughs> it hurts Karen's feelings. And then Katie consoles her and she's like, you're not stupid. Karen is like, actually, I'm failing every class. <laughs> like no it's okay i actually am however just amanda Seyfried speaks as karen is so perfect and funny <laughs> katie's like well there must be something that you're good at and she's like i have a fifth sense <laughs> it's like i have espn or something she's like my breasts can tell when it's about to rain actually they can tell when it's already raining <laughs> but like yeah it's just it's delivered so well so then we're fully into the second semester of school and spring fling is on the mind and we find out that katie is nominated for spring fling queen along with janice which damien put her name in yeah and regina and gretchen as well miss norbury has a conversation with her about her grades because katie is getting these terrible grades on her assignments but her work is right and this is all in an effort to like commit Basically just, like, commit to the bit that she's bad at math so that Aaron will keep tutoring her so she has an excuse to continue hanging out with him. And Miss Norbury totally knows what she's doing. She's like, I know having a boyfriend sounds important, but, like, your work is all right. You know, like, she knows that she's smart and is trying to get her, kind of get her act together. Yeah, and she's like, I'm a pusher, Katie. I pushed my husband, now I'm going to push you. Katie is just so frustrated by this point that she's ranting to Regina and the girls and... They convince her to put it in the burn book, and she puts in that Miss Norbury is a drug pusher. Mm-hmm. Which actually, in the script, Katie sees Miss Norbury taking ecstasy from a kid. Oh. And she puts it in her desk drawer so that other kids won't find it. And she ends up putting in the burn book that Miss Norbury has ecstasy in her drawer. That would make more sense. Like, it would give more context to that. Because I always kind of thought it was weird that... What is a pusher? I don't know. Maybe we're just, like, innocent little babies. I actually think <laughs> it makes a lot more sense now why that part is awkward. Because it was, like, a an edit later. Mm-hmm. When they decided they didn't want to have that whole scene with the kid and the drugs. Yeah. I do like in the end that they, like, search her classroom and there is no, there aren't any drugs. Like, we're not, as the audience, scared that they're going to find any proof of that. So I do appreciate that they took that out because it made the ending a little bit easier. But it was always confusing to me that they jumped to drug pusher from that. That just seemed weird. But I don't know. High school girls can be mean. Yeah. And in the script, she gets fired because they do find the drugs. Oh, yeah. I'm glad they took that out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so then it's kind of like the final blow against Regina, or maybe second to last blow. Katie basically takes one out of Regina's book and has a three-way call attack to help turn Karen and Gretchen, like, fully against Regina. So in Katie's conversation with Regina, Regina makes comments about... I forget what she says about Gretchen. She says Gretchen isn't pretty. And then Regina hangs up. Gretchen was on the other line. So then Katie and Gretchen are talking about how mean that was and that they should call Karen because Regina also mentioned that Karen should have been nominated, but everyone forgets about her because she's such a slut. And so they call Karen to tell her and Regina also calls Karen. And so we get this hilarious scene of Karen flipping back and forth between Gretchen and Regina. And she like forgets to flip it over once and she's saying that Gretchen is so annoying to Regina, but she says it to Gretchen. (laughs) But once the girls tell Karen what Regina says, Karen's like, oh, yeah. And then she tells Regina she can't hang out because she's "Ah, ah, sick. Boo, you whore. 
Yeah. <laughs> See, there's so many quotes that came from this movie. I totally forgot. This was the time when, like, the quotable movie was the important thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think we have that anymore. Maybe with, like, TikTok and memes and stuff, maybe. I do think a lot of movies now visually do things that can be made into, like, a TikTok. Like, yeah. I'm thinking of No Hard Feelings, Jennifer Lawrence's, like, naked fight on the beach was all over TikTok. Yeah, or TikTok dances. Yeah. Like in um, The Summer I Turned Pretty. The Party in the USA dance, totally. So I think it's there. I think it's just a little bit different. And then the final boot for Regina, the girls tell her the next day at lunch that they can't sit with her because she broke the rules and is wearing sweatpants. <sighs> and it's the only thing that fits her right now. Mm-hmm. It's so sad. And then Gretchen just has it. And she's like, you can't sit with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was like, the rules mattered the day I wore a vest. <laughs> That vest was hideous. (laughs) (laughs) It is kind of sad because I think it's the only moment of vulnerability that we get from Regina the whole entire movie where she says, this is all that that fits me right now. Yeah. So then Katie is the new Queen Bee. Gretchen and Karen keep looking to her for like what they're doing next. Mm -hmm. And she's supposed to go out of town with her parents and she was going to miss Janice's art show and do this thing with her parents. I think they had tickets to some show that she was really looking forward to. But because Karen and Gretchen want to hang out with her, and so she agrees to tell her parents she won't go with them, and she uses the excuse of Janice's art show with her parents. Terrible. But she ends up having a party at her house, which she says is going to be a small get-together, but she tells Gretchen and Karen, she tells Aaron Samuels to come, and it ends up being a huge party, which just makes everybody mad. Her outfit, like, this is full plastic, and it's so interesting how the dress that she chooses this night is very similar to the dress that she saw Regina trying on for Spring Fling. That's true. Like a little strapless mini dress. Yeah, and the costume designer purposely made it so that Katie is like trying to find her style throughout the whole thing. Like you can see that she's like taking pieces. Like one time she's even wearing almost an exact copy of a graphic tank top that Regina wears. Oh, And so you can see she's, like, copying the plaid skirt that Gretchen has, and it's interesting. That's really interesting. Huh. Like, a lot of thought went into the wardrobe. That makes a lot of sense. So everybody's mad about the party, but Aaron shows up, and he's spending a bunch of time, like, walking around looking for her, and this feels like it's finally their moment, you know? Him and Regina are broken up. Regina's not there. She's not really friends with Katie, so Katie doesn't have this conflict, and... They end up in Katie's room. They're talking about Regina and how Regina lied to Aaron. And Katie's like, I would never lie to you. And he's like, I know. And then she goes, okay, well, I I did kind of lie, but it was just because I wanted to get closer to you. And she talks about how she pretended to be really bad at math and is failing because of him. And he's just like, whoa, what are you talking about? And then she throws up on him. (laughs) Yeah. She thinks it's word vomit. It's actual vomit. Yeah. It's sad because you can tell how much Aaron liked her before and then she became like Regina and he doesn't like her anymore and she wants it to happen so bad. Yeah, it's just unfortunate. So she throws up and tries to, I think, run after Aaron outside and she finds Janice and Damien, which is so sad. This makes me sad. Yeah, they drive by, but they can't stop because Damien has a curfew. (laughs) And so Janice is just like standing up out of the sunroof, I think. And she's just livid that Katie missed her art show. To throw a party that they weren't invited to, it just sucks. Like, it just sucks. It's just a mean move. 
Yeah. And then she throws the artwork that she made at Katie. And it's this beautiful, like, painting of the three of them together. Mm-hmm. Ugh. And Regina, similarly, is super pissed that she also wasn't invited to the party. She's kind of like, I invented this girl. Like, how come she thinks she can throw a party without me? Blah, blah, blah. And this kind of is what kicks off the spiral of Regina. Yeah, she's talking to Shane Omen. And he's like, why are you eating calteen bars? We eat those when coach wants us to move up a weight class. Which Robert hated, by the way, because he did wrestling. And he goes, this is the most unrealistic thing in the movie because you never want to move up a weight class. Mm. <laughs> you always want to be cutting weight so that you can like fight the kids who are smaller. Right, you want to be at the top of each class. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be at the bottom of a new one. That makes sense. Just boy things I've never caught before. I, and you know what? Tina Fey probably hasn't thought of it either, which is <laughs> yeah. why she wrote that. <laughs> Fair. I would too. Yeah. So this really pisses her off and she goes home, gets the burn book. We see her like writing fiercely in it and we think that she must be writing about Katie, but then we zoom out and we see that she was writing a page about herself. Such a good plot twist. Mm-hmm. And then she turns in the burn book to the school and while Katie and Karen and Gretchen are getting in trouble... She takes photocopies of the burn book and she just scatters them throughout the halls and waits for the chaos to ensue. And it does. Everyone's fighting in the halls. Everyone's screaming. Everyone's embarrassed. It's horrible. Yeah, there's the horrible Coach Carr oh, yeah. side plot line that's uh, it's got gross stereotypes in it, but then also it's got statutory rape basically because Mm -hmm. he's having affairs with two students yeah and so then they have what's probably one of my favorite scenes where they call all the junior girls into the auditorium and tina Fey's character and principal duval and some other teachers are there to kind of sort it out and part of that is this hilarious trust exercise well i guess before that we get the iconic uh, Regina basically is just like i don't need to be here i'm the one that turned it in and i'm not like i'm a victim of the situation and Tina Fey's like, you know, that's fair. Everyone here probably does feel like a victim. Raise your hand if you've ever been personally victimized by Regina George. <laughs> and everyone raises their hand, including the principal. <laughs> and then they do this adorable trust fall exercise where people get up and apologize for things and then get caught by everyone else in the grade. Gretchen gets up and apologizes that everyone is jealous of her. <laughs> and then only Karen catches her. And Miss Norbury is just like, walk it off, girls, walk it off. <laughs> it's so funny. And Janice gets up and totally exposes Katie. What prompts her to just kind of go rogue is that Katie is supposed to be next. And then Katie, like, hides and goes to the back of the line. So Janice is like, okay, I'm next. And she goes. And she basically says, I had a friend this year who's new. You probably know her. It's Katie. And she pretended to be friends with Regina and the plastics, and but secretly would make fun of them behind their back to me. And then I don't know if she even apologized, but everyone is, like, basically excited because everybody loves Janice. Janice is, like, the hero of the movie, basically. <laughs> and, yeah, trust falls and everyone catches her. She's like, I guess it's because I had a big, fat lesbian crush on you. <laughs> That's right. And then everyone catches her. Also, I will say, Janice is a mean girl. She's actually not very nice either. She's gone the complete opposite. Where Regina has gone like to the girly pink extreme, Mm -hmm. Janice is like the all black, like I reject all of the popular things. She's gone to that extreme. So Regina hears this and gets pissed and she confronts Katie and then gets hit by a bus. Terrible. Yeah. Katie gets grounded. 
and takes the fall for the burn book, which was very big of her. Yeah, and she does that so Miss Norberry doesn't get in trouble for drugs. Mm-hmm. And as part of sort of like completing the Miss Norberry circle, since Katie was failing math and she's kind of like come around and takes the fall for the burn book, Miss Norberry says, I think I know how you're going to earn your extra credit. You need to join the mathletes. So she goes back to just being this little nerd. She's a mathlete. She's good at math. She's like not dressing the same. She's not friends with Regina anymore. I love that they have letterman jackets. <laughs> yeah. She helps them win their competition because the limit does not exist. That's right. When I was in calculus and we were studying limits, we always would get very excited whenever the limit did not exist and we would always say, the limit does not exist. <laughs> same. That was, for some reason, that quote was one of the more famous ones at school, which is like, looking back is so weird, but... <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. So then after the mathlete competition that she wins, Miss Norbury encourages her to go to the spring fling because she's just kind of like having a moment of softness where she sees Katie's trying and they just won and the kids want to go. So she tells her to go to the dance and she shows up. And as she's walking in, they're announcing spring fling king and queen. Shane Oman wins king and then she wins queen. Which is shocking. Mm -hmm. And she's like, some of you voted for me because you think that I pushed someone in front of a bus. Yeah. Which is terrible. But I love that Katie gives this whole, like, apology speech. And Mr. Duvall is like, okay, like, wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. But it was such a good speech. It was. She makes peace with everyone. Mm -hmm. She breaks up the crown, gives it out to everybody, and just sort of ends it saying... We all deserve a little piece of this, and she apologizes. Yeah, I think she takes full responsibility and doesn't blame anyone, which is like the opposite of what we talked about in our episode on You Are So Not Invited to My Bat Mitzvah. Yeah, definitely. So all is right in the world. We get everybody's endings. Katie ends up with Aaron. He remembers that she said gruel that one day. Yeah, and he's they kiss at the dance, oh. and he says gruel. Janice, in a surprise twist, ends up with Kevin from the Mathletes. Great. Yeah. He's very excited that she's Lebanese because he only dates women of color. <laughs> There's a fan theory, I guess you could call it, that the reason why Regina thought that Janice was a lesbian was because she misunderstood Lebanese. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's actually really funny. Regina starts playing lacrosse. To, like, I love get her that. anger out. Yeah, she found her place. The jock girls aren't scared of her, so they just, like, tackle her. Yeah. Lacrosse is a violent sport. Very. I don't exactly remember what Damien's ending is in the movie. Do you? I don't know if they really mention it. I think they show Katie sitting in the little group on the lawn with Janice, Kevin, and I, I'm assuming Damien is there. Yeah, he is. In the script, he actually did have an ending written out. Mm. He goes on American Idol, and Simon Cowell tells him that he doesn't look the part, and so he punches him in the face. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't think they show any of this or that, that they were going to show any of it, but that's just what they talk about later. Oh, that's really funny. Mm -hmm. Huh. Gretchen has a new queen bee to follow. She has a new group of friends. She gets to wear her hoops, finally. Yeah. Uh, Karen becomes the school weather girl. Does she say, like, there's a 30% chance that it's already raining? Yes, <laughs> standing in the pouring rain. And girl world was at peace. How do you feel about the ending? I liked it. Mm -hmm, I thought too. it was nice. I thought it was nice that, like, all of the girls in school finally got along. And, like, this brought them all together. And that any new girls who came in who were trying to disrupt that peace 
we're just not able to do so. Mm -hmm. I think it was a good metaphor also for just like everyone finds their way after the drama of high school, you know, like you have fights, you have arguments, you make up with friends, you break up with friends, and then everybody just kind of finds their own people and figures out who they are. So a lot has happened since the Mean Girl movie. It just went nuts. Like it was probably way more popular than they ever anticipated. For sure. Did you watch Mean Girls 2? No, I've never seen it. Me either. I have no desire to watch, like, the second movies of these really big classic ones because I just feel like they're not going to be as good. Except for the Legally Blonde one. You need to watch that. It's on my list. (laughs) (laughs) I also knew that they were doing a musical, and mostly I knew that because of Renee Rapp because I love following her on TikTok. We love her. And she was Regina, at least for a little bit of time right before the pandemic. And she's coming back. For the musical movie, whatever it's called. Yeah. Reminds me of High School Musical. High School Musical. The musical, the the movie. The the show. The show, whatever it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to run through some of the cast of Mean Girls, the musical, the movie. Because the cast is stacked and I think everybody's excited about it. I've seen it all over social media. I'm excited about it. Because I've never seen the musical and I also really want to see it with Renee Rapp in it. I know. I just love her. Yes. I'm going to see her in October in D.C., at her concert, I'm so excited. Wait, I'm sorry. Why am I not invited? Come, <laughs> no, Misha, come. Um, should be top of your invite list. <laughs> Are we not friends anymore? Are you a mean girl? Jenny's breaking up with me right now. <laughs> okay, that's awesome, though. I'm glad you're going to see her. Yeah, I'm so excited. I was just thinking the other night, because Megan and I went to a show the other night at Red Rocks, and I was like, we should see if Renee Rapp is going to come to Denver anytime I soon. think she is. We should, we, should, we should see if there's tickets, yeah. That'd be fun. I would love to. Okay, so obviously, Regina, played by Renee Rapp, she's reprising her role from Broadway. Renee was not the original Regina, but she was, I think, second. So I think she, like, took it over from the one who originated the role. Okay. I think that was her first big job. I'm pretty sure it was. And she, if you're interested, she has a, there's a lot of clips on TikTok or you can look up interviews with Renee. She has since talked a lot about how she was considered very curvy, as we were literally just talking about how that doesn't happen anymore. It definitely does. And how she was, like, 18 and, like, insecure in her body. And suddenly all the questions were, like, how does it feel to be, like, a curvy woman playing Regina on Broadway? And it just, it's giving early 2000s. And it's it's gross, but it's really great to hear Renee speak about that. She, like, speaks about it very well in her, like, whole experience with the show. Katie is played by, I'm going to butcher her name. I'm so sorry. I don't know it. Anjuri Rice. I think she's Australian. She's from senior year. And Honor Society. I recognize her face, but I, I like couldn't place it in anything that I remembered watching, but yeah, excited for that. Janice is played by, by again, I'm going to um, butcher this, Auli Cravalo, maybe? Ali. She's the voice of Moana. Yes. Which is such an interesting pick. I cannot imagine her in the Janice Ian getup, but I'm excited for it. Me too. I'm the most excited about that role, probably, because it's just like so iconic. And this is such a different pick than what I would have imagined, because I've seen a few interviews with her. Granted, this was when Moana came out, so she was much younger. And she's just like so innocent and adorable from what I remember. And maybe that's just like me projecting the Disney princess image onto her. But I'm excited to see her. It'll probably be a big step for her career. For sure. Which, did you know, actually, that that actress declined playing Moana in the live-action movie? Really? Mm -hmm. Was she trying to separate herself from Moana? No, I read it was because she is not actually of Pacific Islander descent. Oh. I can't remember exactly where her family's from, but I want to say 
maybe South America. I can't exactly remember, but because she felt like she wasn't actually representing who Moana was supposed to be. And that is such a big part of Disney kind of redoing these live action movies. She didn't feel comfortable being the face of the role. Wait, I'm sorry. Have you ever heard of like an actor declining a role that they should not be doing? No. That's amazing. I know. We don't have to get into it, but so many stories of actors that you're just like, why why didn't you let somebody who actually could represent that really well? And I hope Disney does it. I hope that they take that because I can see in a lot of situations where someone would be in that position just thinking, I'm not going to turn it down because then they're just going to cast another person like me. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see that. Oh, good for her. I know. Damien is going to be played by Jaquel Spivey, who I actually have never heard of him, but he was on Broadway in a strange loop. I also forget that this is a musical, so they've just like pulled a bunch of musical theater people for this. It's yeah. going to be so fun to see like songs put to this movie. Yeah, I love it. Katie's mom is played by Jenna Fisher. Oh, from The Office. Pam. Yeah. Regina's mom is played by Busy Phillips. Wait, who is that again? She's Michelle Williams' best friend, blonde. Oh. You'll recognize her. Yes. Although she also looks very young. Mm-hmm. Oh, this one's good. Coach Carr is played by John Hamm. Excuse me? <laughs> That's hilarious. Which, I hope they change that character. I was surprised they even were going to have him again, so I have a feeling it's going to be a little different. I wonder how it's going to feel if he is the same. You know, people who've seen the musical probably know mm-hmm. this way better than we do, but yeah. I wonder how it would feel to have this like predatory character be hot like John Hamm. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. No. But we'll see. Aaron Samuel is played by Chris Briney. We love Chris Briney. All of you team Conrad, Connie babies out there from Mm -hmm. The Summer I Turned Pretty. It is funny, though, because I'm imagining him and Renee Rapp, and I can't picture it. I feel like I might be able to. I'm excited to see him in this role. It's going to be really good. He's so broody in The Summer I Turned Pretty, and it'll be nice to have him playing just a nice guy guy assuming that the character is the same in the musical Mm -hmm. because i think that's how his real personality is yeah okay and then karen is played by avantika vandenapu i'm probably butchering that but stunning beautiful gorgeous i'm excited for that gretchen is played by bb wood i don't know who that is either Mm -mm. but i'm excited to see her and then like we said before tina fey and tim meadows are coming back that's so great. Yeah, I'm excited. Wait, does Tim Meadows sing? Does Does Tina Fey sing? Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a lot of money, you can take enough voice lessons to be able to get by. I think so, too. That's what I've learned. I used to be so hard on myself when I was little because I was like, man, it sucks that I can't sing. And then I just, like, have learned, no, I just don't have money. Yeah. <laughs> and just, like, nobody told me that you have to learn to sing. Like, there are people that are so naturally gifted, but yeah. also, like... A lot of it is training. Yeah, I've been thinking about taking voice lessons, actually. Wait, me too. (laughs) Wait. (laughs) Should we do it together or is that even more embarrassing? That might be worse, actually. (laughs) Everyone's like, yes, and I'm imagining it. I'm like, I think I just need to be embarrassed alone with a voice teacher. I, like, can't even sing in my house when nobody's around. Oh, I do, and it gets stopped very quickly because I'm terrified that my neighbors can hear me. That's it. That's it. Exactly. Like, I'll sing very quietly, or I'll sing if, like, I know the music is louder than me. Yes, same. (laughs) But I love to sing. And so I'm like, if I could just be good at this, it would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, we're going to follow up on that. We just keep finding out that we are the same person. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, last couple fun facts about the movie that's coming up. 
Gretchen was originated on Broadway by Ashley Park. Do you know who Ashley Park is? No. She is from Emily in Paris. She's Emily's best friend. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very talented singer. Very. And she's also in um, the new season of Only Murders in the Building. Okay. And she supposedly is going to make a cameo. Cool. Yeah. Lauren Michaels is producing, along with Tina Fey. Lauren Michaels, if you didn't know, is the head honcho over at SNL mm-hmm. and The Tonight Show, I think. And Tina Fey's husband helped write all the songs. I had no idea. Oh. Yeah. It must uh, be musical in the house. Yeah. Musically gifted man. Yeah. And the movie, I thought this was interesting, is going to stream exclusively on Paramount Plus. Oh. Which I wonder if they're going to change that given like this resurgence of like the movies are for girls that's happening right now. Like the Barbie movie, the Taylor Swift concert movie that's going to come out. This feels very much in the same lane to me. Like They this. should put it in theaters. I think so too. So I wonder if everything that's happening right now with everyone going back into theaters and especially come October when the Taylor Swift concert movie comes out, I wouldn't be surprised if they change this. Although I really think they're going to try to get a lot of people onto Paramount Plus. That's fair. Because who has it? No one. I mean, I do, but (laughs) (laughs) But I don't want to have it. Yeah. And nobody wants to pay for another streaming service. Mm -mm. Well, it'll be interesting to see. I'm looking forward to it very much. Me too. Well, you know that we'll be covering it on the pod whenever it comes out. Absolutely. Probably won't be for a while. Yeah, I'm sure it's getting pushed back right now. Well, it was so fun watching this movie Mm -hmm. and talking about it today. Yeah, we really hope you guys are liking our kind of back to school series. It feels very nostalgic. We're going to, to give you a little sneak peek, get into some more like fall Halloween movies and TV shows in October. And then towards the end of the year, a lot of new stuff comes out. So we're sort of taking this as an opportunity to look back at all the favorites, you know? Yeah, I love it. Although if you missed it and if you are looking for a new movie to watch, our bonus episode for You're So Not Invited to My Bat Mitzvah just went up. So definitely go check that out. It is such a funny movie. It's over on Netflix. We talk all about it in the episode. But if you're looking for a new comedy to watch, that's the one. Yes, highly recommend. Well, thanks for listening. If you liked today's episode, please leave us a five-star review. We would greatly appreciate it. And we'll see you next week. Bye.